Welcome to Life Beyond the Summit, a faith journey podcast for men. Welcome back to the Life Beyond the Summit, faith journey podcast for men. And we're going to jump right back in where we've left off in the past. We're looking at Matthew 7, 24 through 27. I'm going to read that scripture in its entirety. Um, but uh, the reason we want to go back to this is we really want to drive home the notion of what it means to stand on the rock. And when we consider the rock, these are Jesus's words I'm about to read. So if you got your Bible handy, turn to Matthew 7, 24. We'll begin there. Um, Everyone then who hears these words of mine, Jesus, Jesus' words, and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his rock, his house on the sand. So let's stop right there for now. It continues on, but let's focus a little bit on the notion of the rock. Why do you suppose Jesus uses the the analogy of a rock about himself? I would say that the analogy of a rock is through, throughout the entire New Testament and Old Testament. And when you think about a rock, a rock doesn't move. It's stable. It's sound. It's firm. It's solid. It's mm-hmm. very solid. And uh, it doesn't shift. It doesn't, uh, you're, you're not wobbly on it. And therefore, I think the Lord is saying that you can trust me. I am a rock. I am a, I am a, a firm foundation. And mm-hmm. I think everybody in life can, you know, relate to rocks. I know some of the great national parks, I was just in Utah, uh, Zion, and it was all about the rock, all about the rock formations, how great, how great these rocks are that through thousands of years of history have come out of the earth and created these gorgeous landscapes. But when you're on, especially when you're on top of a mountain on a rock, I mean, you feel like you're invincible. Well, God is invincible and he is the rock. And if I, I'll, I'll turn to another scripture, if, if anybody can uh, has their Bible, I'm in the NIV here, in Psalm 18, verse 2. Now, this is back during David's days. He says, uh, verse, verse 1 says, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. So this is making reference that when you make God the rock of your foundation, mm-hmm. like, like, like mm-hmm. the scripture you just talked about, Steve, um, it's a safe place. It becomes a stronghold, like a fortress, mm-hmm. where it's impenetrable to the enemy and to the forces that are trying to attack you and pull you down. And so there's a reason why we're supposed to make God our rock, because mm-hmm. it's a safe place. Mm-hmm. It's also tr- a true place. It's a safe place. It's a true place. And everything about it is pure and good. And you can rely on the rock to take care of you in life. Mm-hmm. I think you would probably agree. I would totally agree with everything you just said, Andrew. But I think you would agree also that the evidence in many, uh, many of our lives would suggest that we, while we read these words and we reflect on them and we can actually tangibly understand what they mean, they don't necessarily typically reflect our daily life experience. 
And I think partly, of course, we need to talk about that some. I think partly what happens is, and, and Andrew and I, uh, of course, have the benefit of having talked a little bit before we went on to the recording, but um, it, it's interesting to me how easy it is to turn to the the five senses that we have and be gratified immediately in those senses. And the senses really are, in a way, a stumbling block in and of themselves. I, I even said when Andrew first arrived here at the studio, we, we talked a little bit about free will. And free will is a bit of a stumbling block because it, it, in order to allow him to be the rock he desires to be, we have to step aside and allow God, allow Jesus, allow the Holy Spirit to have his rightful place, his desired rightful place in our hearts. And in doing that, we have to be prepared to persevere. We have to be prepared to endure. We have to be prepared to um, withstand. I mean, there's all sorts of things that, that come into play. And good, bad, right, wrong, or indifferent, many of what many of the things we desire to experience don't come to us immediately. There is a period of waiting, right? There's a period of, I, I'd almost call it suffering. Andrew, you know, we've talked a little bit about some of your health issues, and we all know people that struggle. Can, can we maybe talk about that a little bit? You know, how easy it is to give in to the senses and want to be immediately gratified as opposed to they that wait upon the Lord, quote unquote, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I think we have to um, hear the word and put it into practice. And sounds easy. Uh, the Lord gives us the, the the faith to believe, but a lot of times we don't put it into practice for, for, for many, many reasons. Yeah, there's a great quote here, actually. Um, one of my one of my favorite teachers really is uh, Dr. David Jeremiah um, out of Cal- Southern California. But here's a quote of his that I love. I, it's it, Based on what Andrew just said, it's a perfect time to inject this. Quote, unquote, hard things. The hard thing about being a Christian is that it's not, it, it is so daily that it's not a hundred yard dash, but rather a marathon run. I mean, wouldn't you agree, Andrew? I it's, agree. It's not a hundred yard dash. It is a marathon run. I, you know, I think that um, putting into practice and building a house on a foundation, which is what we're all trying to do, it's probably more of a daily thing than it is one big, huge decision mm-hmm. here or one massive decision a decade ago. It's all of the little things that you do in life when you wake up in the morning till the time you go to sleep. You know, were you completely honest with that mm-hmm. person or mm-hmm. did you exaggerate the truth? Um, are you... Are you turning away from, you know, watching things on TV, maybe that are questionable, you know, even just, I'm not even talking about porn. I'm just talking about things on TV that maybe some entertainment that, you know, there's people aren't dressed properly or they're, you know, there's all kinds of crazy things on TV. Are you watching that? Are you filling your mind with that every day? Mm -hmm. Uh, I can go through a list of things that are just the daily dailies that we're not, we're not putting into practice building the building that the correct foundation and i think we compromise a lot you know and we can always we all of us can do a much better job at it mm-hmm. but the more the more right decisions you make over a period a course of time the easier it becomes it becomes a habit mm-hmm. and the more you look for example if you used to watch that TV program, and now you've got to check in your heart whether you should watch it again, and now you've turned away from it. Well, then the next time or a couple times after that, when you see a questionable movie 
or something, you may turn away from it a lot easier. So uh, David Jeremiah is a great teacher. I, I think he's right. It's the mm-hmm. daily things that we're not doing correctly that God has to sort of work on our heart, remind us, give us some time to turn. Then finally, we we make the decision. We say, you know what? I think I'm just going to obey the Lord in this thing. It's been stirring on my heart for a while. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to I'm going to go a different direction, and we course correct. We you know I I really believe the Lord sees everything. He sees our course correction, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. as in and it, I I think as we do that and keep doing it, it's kind of like a maturity thing. It becomes easier. So you know the more you do it, the more you practice it. You're building your life on a real foundation as opposed to just doing what everybody seems to be doing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, the, the notion of it's so, he says again, hard, the hard thing about being a Christian is that it's so daily and it's not a hundred yard dash, but a marathon run so daily. Like Andrew just mentioned that, keyed in on those words as well. It's really moment by moment. I mean, I, it's, it's so easy to be driven by, uh, our senses, and yet I I think the most important sense that we need to tune into is the sense of the Holy Spirit, to sense the Holy Spirit. And we have the sense of taste, smell, uh, touch, feel, sight, hearing. The, the, the sense of the Holy Spirit, from my perspective, Andrew, needs to be as profoundly uh, uh, a reality to us as the natural senses. In fact, I think it's when we are able to die to our natural senses and recognize the power, the profound power and profound desired presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's when we begin to turn in a, into a direction where we lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways, we acknowledge him. And, and really even understanding the, 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 the mind, you know, has a will of its own as well, of course. And when we when we try to interpret things through mental assent and mental understanding, knowledge is a great thing, but knowledge that doesn't transcend the mind is of little value, right? If we have all the knowledge, you know, um, of of the scripture, and yet it doesn't come alive inside of us, what value is it really? There, it's it's like um, emptiness. It's like empty words. It's I like agree. it's like gaining a knowledge of history. Well, what what can I do with knowing history except to be familiar with history? But this history that we speak of in in terms of reading His Word is life giving. I mean, it, it faith is the evidence of things hoped for. It's this conviction of things is n- that are not seen. And I think one of the beauties, frankly, to the the book of the eleventh chapter of the book of Hebrews, is to show us men who never saw yet they believed even until their death. They believed in the promise, never experienced the promise, but they believed in the promise. And for many of them, that faith was credited to them as righteousness. That's the kind of faith that we want to engage. That's the kind of rock that we want to stand on where they have the same, they obviously as human beings, they have the same sense of, 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 of life experience that we do, but they, but they chose not to lean into that. They leaned into what they believed was the greater promise. And it yeah, was credited to them as righteousness. That's I exactly mean, right. You know, you know that I think of the scripture, it says those who sow to the spirit will walk by the spirit or mm-hmm. something, something right along like that. In other words, we're, me and Steve have had a dramatic change in our route, our spiritual, uh, let's just say our routes or our, our direction, you know, and we're speaking to men now who have 
who are struggling. Um, maybe not everybody's struggling, but there's for sure men struggle. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I think what Steve is saying is, you know, start sowing into spiritual things. Start start diving into his word and and seeking the spiritual part of life and you will find it easier to walk by the spirit and put down the things of the flesh. So if we want to be obedient in our lifetime by building a foundation upon the rock, it starts with sowing into the spirit, mm-hmm. sowing our time and our actions into spiritual things. In other words, we have to be obedient to the Lord. We have to obey him. We have to uh, put down sin in our own lives. Mm-hmm. You know, stop being so selfish. And so it's all about me and the gratifications of life. And, you know, there's there's a lot there's a lot there with all the sins that we may encounter and we may be into. We need to, you know, sacrifice and say, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that anymore. I am going to be obedient and build a foundation that is a sure thing. We know that the other thing, Steve, I was thinking about this is if you sow into the spirit in like David Jeremiah daily, Mm -hmm. like we've been talking about daily, then when the storms come, you don't freak out because all that sowing into the spirit, and you probably relate to this easily, Steve, Mm -hmm. you've built up a tremendous amount of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, if you get a, a real sickness, you're not frightened anymore. Or if you have money problem, you don't panic. I have relatives that they're smart people. They're very intelligent people. You know, they're good citizens. They got great kids. But when they, they have a, kind of a phobia, fear of sickness, if anybody gets sick, you know, they, they panic. Well, mm-hmm. if you've if you sown into the spirit, you've you've reading his word and you're building your foundation on a rock, then when that storm comes, it it, it kind of bounces off you. Now, is it a challenge? It's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have mm-hmm. you've got to stand in faith, you know, you've gotta you've gotta buck up and you gotta believe the Lord and and but it's a challenge. I'm not saying but the devil is not gonna take down your house. He's not gonna destroy you mm-hmm. because you've spent That's right. decades in years and days and hours and after hours sowing into the things of the spiritual realm, which is the rock mm-hmm. of our foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting to me how many of us, and I, I'll put myself occasionally on this. I'm, I feel like I'm, I've come a long way, and I'm I feel like I'm in in places much deeper than I was even a year ago. That's certainly true. I think it's true for Andrew too. Sure. Um, but um, how easy it is to fold, you know, and. You know, it's really fascinating to me that we build up these negative strongholds in our mind based on our life experiences, and we project into the future based on what we've experienced either now or in the past, and we think this is never going to change. And you know, it's it's funny, Andrew. I I bet you would agree with this. We 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 say that in the midst of believing God, but we grow hopeless because we are not seeing the promise. And remember, faith is the evidence of things hoped for, a conviction of things that are not seen. That's really faith. It, it doesn't take any faith to sit in these chairs uh, two or three times and then then believe as I approach it, I don't need to check it out for, for stability because I've sat in it before. That doesn't really take any faith. That's experiential faith. That's faith based on my personal life experience. But it does take faith 
to believe for things, to believe in a promise that has not yet been realized and to stand firm in that. And yet I, I, I can tell you, having done as much work as I do with men on a regular basis with coffees, et cetera, et cetera, and I'll put me in this category too because I know it's hard. Life is hard. The question is, you know, um, now what? You know, so what? You know, I, 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 we know people that have debilitating diseases, sicknesses. They have, you know, um, maybe they have, um, uh, maybe they have a psychological diagnosis that they feel like they can't get over the. Okay, so I'm sorry that may be the case, and I don't want to be insensitive, but is that the end all? Is is that it? Are we just going to stand by that definition? Are we going to overcome life? Or is life going to overcome us? And the only way to truly overcome life is to overcome life through his word by standing on the rock. L- listen to this in, in uh, this is the NIV translation, Psalm 62, verses 6 through 7. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. Okay, so let's begin with that first word, truly. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my right, mighty rock, my refuge. Okay, so that's those are powerful words. Do we believe that? Do you, do, listener, do you believe that? Truly, he is your rock. Truly, he is your salvation. He is your fortress. You will not be shaken. Your salvation and your honor depend on him. He is your mighty rock. He is your refuge. If these are words that you can read and say, I agree with them, then what does life look like to stand on them? And I I think really for all of us, we can excuse away all that we wish, all that we want. But in the end, at the end of the day, it comes to to believing God's word, to taking him at his word. Again, here in in Matthew, our our reading verse, um, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. I mean, Jesus is saying it to him, to us, himself, his words, red letter edition. Um, We know that the entire word is inspired by God. I made this statement to Andrew before we got on and we both smiled at each other. Andrew reminded me, he said, be careful. The whole word is the word of God. And yes, it is. But but as much as, you know, Paul was inspired and all the other writers, I just make this, I agree, the word, of course, is inspired by God. It is God. The word is God. The word was God. In the beginning was the word. But these are red letter words. These are his words. And so he's telling us, if we will build our house, and that house is my tent, is my life, is my personhood. If I will build my life on him as the rock, my house will stand. The winds of life, what does it say here? The rains of life will come, the streams, they will rise, the winds, they will blow. They will beat against me as a human being, as a created being. Yet I did not fail. He did not fail. The rock did not fail because I had my foundation on the rock of Jesus Christ. I mean, I don't know what else can be said beyond the fact this is so powerful and yet so overlooked. This whole the whole book of Matthew, what like four or five chapters, I, I'm flipping back, it's all red letter, all the way back to chapter five, and it's all about basically surviving life. You know, it's the it's the the good and the bad soil. It's the the stony, the thorny, et cetera, et cetera. This is all basic elemental foundation to how we survive life and come out as victors. Yeah, that's right, Steve. And uh clearly in that scripture, 
the, the winds and the waves and the storms and the waters are going to rise. Uh, we're going to have them. Everybody's going to be There's affected There's no by question it. about no it. Question. I can tell you right now, I'm 55 years old and I've had quite a few storms. Oh, yeah. Now, I know people have had, you know, one storm after the next because uh, they're just not living right and they make foolish decisions. But even if you are a decent person and you do what's right in general, you're let's just say you're a good citizen, okay? You pay your taxes, you know, you're you're good to your kids. You're still going to have storms. I mean, these storms come. And I don't need to tell the audience. I'm sure everyone's thinking about storms. I've had, you know, bouts with my health. Uh, storms come up in life. I've had money issues come up in life. I've had to deal with fear in my own life. Um, I've had to deal with um, doubt and um uh, you know like uh, in some ways i'm insecure in many areas oh these are all storms that continue to come up and some of them are pretty violent and um why would you not want to obey the lord and build a sure foundation Mm -hmm. so remember the scripture says you can hear the word okay and still not um act on it and so I think the challenge that I have is okay are we are we hearing the word and then are we acting on it because if you're not acting on it you're definitely not building your house on the foundation I can tell you I've been to church multiple times and then within a couple hours after <laughs> leaving church eating and then going back and watching some football on a Sunday by the evening uh I'll look at my wife and say wait what what was the what was the uh, sermon on? Um, so we, we forget very easy, and we don't put into practice the word. And I will tell you that you can hear the word for many, many years, mm-hmm. and it can literally go in one ear and fly out the other ear. Yeah. And is the word returning void? No. The word is not returning void, but you are not seeking out the things of God. Mm-hmm. So... If there's guys out there who say, look, I've done this. I've been to church hundreds of times. I've read the Bible hundreds of times. I've got that aha moment, that revelation hundreds of times, but I'm just not where you're at. I would say that the, that you have not sought the Lord mm-hmm. enough. And I would say you've not sought the Lord with all of your heart. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you have to start fasting for 40 days or commit yourself to an unreasonable level of, you know, uh, exercise to to try to find God. Just do better and do more of it and, and seek him and seek the things of God. Mm-hmm. And you will then be building your house on a real foundation and your life will start changing. Yeah, you know, I that's great, Andrew. I, I don't, I hope it's not, I hope we're not leaving the impression through these podcasts that we have arrived i i mean andrew and i both would say we're we're on um a, a journey of faith and that's why we've termed this a journey of faith for men specifically for men because we're men and we can relate to the hardships the challenges the the discouragement of the discouragements of this life but you know i like many of us know guys if if we wait think about this guys if we wait or really listeners, because they're, they're likely women listen to this as well, and even young young people. But if you wait until you're in a in in a place of despair, is that the right time to figure this out? I mean, I I would submit to all of us. No, it's not. I mean, you know, I I got my pilot's license when I was oh, 20 years old, and there's quite a bit of 
of, of training that goes into that. And much of that training is about how to manage an emergency. Well, if I didn't have that training, so, so part of the training, there are guys I'm sure that are listening that are pilots or that have some experience with aviation. Part of the, a big part of the training when you go up on a, on a training flight is, uh, is to put the aircraft into attitudes and positions that will cause you to lose uh, flight control. And we do we did stalls, you know, as, as a result of a stall in an airplane, you may end up in a spin. And so you actually do stall training and you do spin training. And I remember the first time I did that, it was the scariest thing in the world. Why was it so scary to me? The first time I took spin or stall training, um, uh, and, 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 you know, tight maneuvering, uh, training. Why was that so frightening to me? And the answer is obvious. I'd never done it before. So I didn't know what to expect. I was not prepared. I, I hope you're listening. I hope we're all listening to this carefully. So Andrew and I would never say that we have arrived, but we're on a journey, a journey of faith to build our faith. I would love to be I, this is, sounds a little funny to say it, but I'll say it. I, wouldn't you love to be one of the men of faith who are mentioned in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews 11? They, remember, these guys did not have Jesus on the scene. They they were Old Testament God-fearing. They had the law. They had the law, but they did not have Jesus, and they, therefore they did not have the Holy Spirit. And yet they believed, and their faith was counted to them as righteousness. And, and these were men, if you read their stories, um, Hebrews 11, the entire chapter, that's where the definition of faith comes from. And then the followings first were given the definition. And then by example, were given those who walked under that definition. And so our, our really hopeful idea here with all of us on this, all the listeners on this podcast is to, is to help us along the journey. We're all in this together. Iron, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. But anyway, so in, in this training experience, um, I got to the point where I was totally comfortable. In fact, Andrew, I would go out and any pilot on the line here would tell you this. Once I had my license, I loved going out and practicing spins and stalls. And the funnest thing would be to take somebody who wasn't ready for that long and say, I want to, I want to put this on a spin and let you experience that. But once I was comfortable with it, it was second nature to me. Well, guess what? We cannot deploy the word of God in our lives unless we are comfortable with it and we have experience with it. If we wait until the hour of our need to deploy God's word, we are a daylight and a dollar short. It doesn't mean that the word won't work, but it does mean that we'll probably have to endure some anxiety, some some strain, some sickness over it. I, what I mean by sickness is maybe an anxiety attack because we were not prepared. Let, let me read something to you. This is really good. I think you'll love this. In uh, John 16, 23, or I'm sorry, 33. These again are red letter words, Jesus's words. He says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart I have overcome the world. Wow. Again, what more can we say? I mean, you you could tag, you really could tag these two sets of scriptures, Matthew 7, uh, 24 through 27, and, and John 16, 33. They, they, they mesh together because, you know, the cool thing about God and his word is he's consistent. He's the same, the word says, today, yesterday, and forever. 
Um, in, in Philippians 4, 7, it says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. My goodness, what else can be said? What more is there? So that in, the, in our day of trouble, um, we, we can experience uh, the peace of God, which passes all understanding. And just for a moment, I know I'm going a little bit here, Andrew, but let me just finish this thought. What is a peace that passes all understanding? Okay, so this tear those parts, those words. What's that mean to you, Andrew? A peace that passes all understanding. Uh, it just means to me you're peaceful and you can't figure it out. You can't figure. Okay, yeah, right. In other words, what the opposite. There, there could is, be storms or there's trouble, but you have a peace and that's it. You have a peace. Yeah, but really, kind of what it's saying. I think you would agree with this. Is when you have in, when you've entered into a peace that passes understanding. It means that to the outside world you would have every justification to be unrest in a place of unrest. My gosh, you just yeah, lost I agree, your, I right? Agree. You just lost your job. You just lost your wife. You just lost your child. You just lost your house. Whatever it is you lost, that would be justification for I'll having you, I'll no give you peace. a perfect example. Me and my wife went to sell our house in 2016. It was under contract. The people who were going to buy it had already their money in place. And 10 days before closing, we had moved two-thirds of the house out, put a deposit down on an apartment. We had plans to do this or that. The entire contract fell through. So I go home that day. I'm not freaked out. I look at my wife, and she looks at me, and she says, you know what? I have peace. And I said to her, you know what? I have peace too. And that was it. We didn't, you know, feel uh, despondent or bummed completely bummed out we were like well i wonder where this is going to lead to and the long story the long of the story the long of the story is that i believe in retrospect we were never supposed to put our house on on the market mm -hmm. but i went for it anyway and god spared us and he wanted us to stay in that house and we did and but the but what i'm trying to get to is I, we had peace even though we got terrible news that day we had peace so you're right, Steve. I mean, there is a peace that passes all understanding, and it's hard to figure out, you know, uh, why, how it comes and when it comes, but it comes from the Lord. It comes from the Lord. It comes from the Lord. You know, um, and we tend, I think, Andrew, I think you would probably agree with this statement too, that we tend to view stress in the wrong light. I, I think if we look at stress in the proper light, it's sharpening us. It's strengthening us because in our stress, we can realize how little in control we really are. And, and if we will allow that stress to be turned into faith and standing firm in God, we win. I mean, I agree. And I'll say this, cause we probably have to wrap it up pretty soon. Um, we, I mentioned this last time, every man is building their house in this world. There's no question that you're going to have a career that most men are working, that mm -hmm. most men are building a foundation, um, multiple foundations. Everyone has different pursuits in life and different dreams and different accomplishments. And all, all I think that the word here is saying is that the, the greatest pursuit and the real foundation has to start as the number one thing as building your house upon the rock, which is Jesus Christ. Not that all these other dreams and pursuits and ideas and accomplishment are bad 
for, by by no means. Right. But if we accept Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, He is our number one uh, foundation, mm-hmm. and then everything else is second to it. Everything else, and the promise is, is as we are obedient. You know, you hear the Bible says you hear the word and then you obey the word and mm-hmm. you're building your house upon the rock. And when the winds and the waves come, it will not shatter that house. Mm-hmm. And as we're obedient to him every day, and you know, like David Jeremiah said again, every day and all these little things, you're building, you're building, you're building your house on that rock. And it is a sure foundation and you're... Remember, he's the he's a person. You're trusting in a person who is your God, your Lord, and your Savior. Mm-hmm. It's not just a, uh, you know, what all these other religions, a, a, a Muhammad, a statue, a belief. No, this is you're trusting in the Lord, that he is going to, that his word is true. And that, and that the storms that come, you can rely on his word. It's a sure foundation. It's a mighty stronghold. It's a fortress. Mm-hmm. It's impenetrable that his words are everlasting, that they cannot be changed. I mean, there's a lot here. And and that is what me and Steve are trying to say here, that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that this is a the only sure... Matter of fact, guys, this is the only sure foundation. It's not like we even have an alternative. Period. Where else are you going to go, Steve? Period. You're not. Uh, Romans 10, 17, consequently, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the message. And the message is heard through the word of God. I mean, that's, that's uh, of course... Paul writing to the to the Romans, um, the church in Roman. There, there's just no way around it. And you know, I maybe here in closing, um, I want to share one more scripture uh, related to this topic. And this is really good out of the Amplified. This is again uh, Psalm sixty two six and seven. But this is the Amplified. It it, it really is a great follow on to what Andrew just shared. Um, he only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress and my defense. I will not be shaken or discouraged. On God, my salvation and my glory rest. He is my rock, unyielding strength. My refuge is my God. So you guys, um, boy, we just want to encourage you to to continue to seek God, to seek him through his word, to seek him in prayer, to read materials uh, uh, about the Lord, to read the Bible, to read periodicals, to read um, really anything you get your hands on that's that's Christ-centered and is recognized as, a, as a, a good source for the Word, but also to spend time in prayer and to spend time in fellowship. That's the other thing. Men, we tend to isolate. We, we tend to pull back and into our into our dark corners and into ourself, and that's not healthy for us. We need to be in the presence of other men, allowing iron to sharpen iron. Get get with somebody that's just ahead of you in your faith, and look for a mentor. Get a mentor in your life. Well, anyway, there's a lot to be said about that as well. But as for today and this episode, we're gonna we're going to uh, sign off. But we invite you to come back for episode uh, eleven. And which will be uh, next week. And um, we're excited that you're joining us. Stay with us. Stay in the faith. Keep the faith. One last thing I'll say, uh, visit us at lifebeyondthesummit.com. That's the website. My Gmail account is lifebeyondthesummit at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Uh, my phone number is 314-581-4272. Feel free to reach out to me. I would love to talk to you. Love to sit down and have coffee. Uh, love to be a part of your faith journey. So until next time, Farewell. 
Thank you for listening to the Life Beyond the Summit podcast. For more information, visit our website at lifebeyondthesummit.com.